Franco Melodic and thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. You can catch up with news, projects, interviews and much more at architectureanddesign.com.au where you can also subscribe to our newsletters and magazine. And today we have a special guest with us in the form of Ite Shimoni, Vice President Oceania of Cosentino. Yes. Welcome Ite Shimoni. Thank you for having me today. Okay, so there's been a lot of lot of talk in the media about you know the various things going on in the in the um, building industry, including various health issues, which I know you, you guys are involved a lot, yep. and you guys have made a lot of statements, um, which are public, which is great. But firstly, how are you finding the building or construction industry in this whole area that you work? Because everyone I talk to. Gives me a different, gives me a different perspective. So what's your perspective, Vitae? So, to start with, I think that all of us post-COVID are living in a quite disrupted construction industry. The shortage of labor that eventually leading to increase in the cost of labor, shortage of raw materials that are coming to Australia leads to a much longer build time. I think probably one of the longest we saw in Australia in the last few years. Prices are still going down, although interest rates slowly coming down, the shortage of amount of home, built home. If I'm not mistaken, today it's counted of more than 100,000 homes that are missing in the market, with the expected migration in the next five years, leads to a quite disrupted construction industry. Now, I think here we can separate without generalizing to home builders, and high rise, the high residential. And I think the main, the, the area which you see more disrupted today is more with the home builders, mm-hmm. the first buyers. Unfortunately, in the last year, or particularly in the last few weeks, we saw the fallout of some of the more esteemed builders, especially yeah. in Victoria, the fall of Porter Davis, then the Maher Group, that is now in administrations, one liquidation, one administration. There was the episode with Metricon that they are stronger today, but we still understand that there is there is some there is there is a disruption yeah. there. On the other side we see that for the first time there is a new direction with built rent. Something that is very popular in the United States. I'm coming from the American market and the built to rent is a very strong concept where developers are building, keeping in and then moving into a management company that manage the process and keeping the apartment. And today we are seeing more of the leaders in Australia taking the same direction from some American companies that started to operate in the Australian like uh, Graystar, Sentinel, and even Multiplex, which is part of a, a much bigger American yeah. conglomerate. Our direction is to be the most innovative, to be the most sustainable, and to stay unique in order to bring the best products to the market. And Christian and Silica is one of them. For many years, the industry used quartz as a raw material for what we call today in Australia is in the new stone. 
Quartz is a, is, a, is a very known raw material. It's one of the best raw materials that you can find today in order to create new stone-like products because it can be mined quite easily, not like a natural stone that you need basically take off entire mountains in order to reach to it. It's a very easy mineral to work with. It's, you can find it maximum one meter mm-hmm. below a surface. It's, it's developed in a way that it's easy to mine it. It's easy to work with it. It's, very, um, it's a strong mineral. It's, set as eight in the most of uh, scale of most mm-hmm. but one of these advantage that in quartz and again quartz silica sand is probably the most common raw material mineral that we find today on earth but there is particles like uh, cristobalite and uh, different uh, silicas that with the size of uh, particles while grinding them while fabricating them if not using the right uh, let's get health and safety guidance mm-hmm. can be dangerous to the one that manipulated never dangerous to the end user and for many many years all of these products and I'm talking I'm talking about in engineered stone in general uh, were certified by the NSF and by all bodies in the world are safe to work and safe to work with food but during the process, the fabrication process from a slab to a countertop, if you didn't keep the right health and safety measures in place, there is a risk. Like working with any product, and especially products that are quartz-based. So for many years, the focus of the industry was about educating and training the stonemasons of how to work properly in the products. And I can tell you that the, all the evidence are clear today that even with products that contain 90% of crystalline silica or more, if you work with it according to the guidelines and the MSDS and all the health and safety directions, there is, the risk is very low. But like anything in life, there is a level or anything that you can control third parties. And I always love to give the example of the car industry. In the past, cars weren't the safest thing in the world, and we had seatbelts. But can you force someone to put the seatbelt? There is actually, there is a term in law, because I'm coming from a law background, it's called paternalism. What is the level that you can make someone to do an action that will save him or will benefit him? How can we interfere with, uh, with you know, with people right to take their own decision with actions that are better for them. And we can't make people to wear seatbelts. So the car industry needed to continue to develop the cars and continue to invest in research and development to build safer cars with more measures. And then we invented the airbags and anti-collusion systems and everything coming with it. And in Constantino, we took the same approach. For many years, it was about educating but we understood that education, although important and working correctly, mitigate risk, it's not enough. So 15 years ago, we said at the same time that we are educating, giving all the information, we are going to put all of our efforts to continue to develop in products that contain less amount of crystalline silica. Because if you will reduce the amount of crystalline silica, but you will be able to have the same product with the same properties, it's, it's going to help because if you cannot enforce just the use of health and safety, you can continue to enforce it by at the same time trying to reduce the amount of crystalline silica in the products. 
And I'm happy to say that already in 20, it's a process I said started 2008, but in 2013, we launched to the world Dekton. Dekton is our, our ultra compact stone product. Uh, my, my, some people will uh, affiliate it with the porcelain industry, but uh, we call it ultra compact because they are, it's a product that comes in big size, big size slabs that can fit for all kinds of applications, from flooring, cladding, and also countertops. So we created a new countertop product that has an average less than 10% of crystal silica and doesn't contain resin. Ballpark, what do you think this will cost the industry? So, first, I met yesterday with both the CFMU and the ACTU for the third time, but coincidentally, also yesterday. And yesterday was a full presentation together with our uh, research and development team in Spain educating about Cosantino low silica products, but also about the science of why 40%. Because as you are aware today, after the minister meeting, uh, Safe Work Australia basically was asked to review three or four scenarios. A complete ban of engineered stone. Yeah. We still need to understand what is the definition of engineered stone, but it's part of it a prohibition of products with more than 40% crystalline silica, and then a prohibition of products with more than 40% crystalline silica and a licensing scheme for every product with less than 40% crystalline silica, or in a way, leave the situation as it is with some license, like uh, some licensing scheme. And one of the claims, and I think that the unions here takes a very important part because they are driving a change, and a change is positive. I think it's very positive that the, the industry, all the time that the technology is there, I think it's very important that all the manufacturers will take this route. I can tell you that when we started 15 or 18 years ago, the technology wasn't there. We couldn't work and manipulate with different raw materials in order to reduce the amount of crystal silica. Today, the technology is there. And when the technology is there, and what we are doing today, we are not saying, hey, this is our patent to produce low silica, no. We are leading the way as a global leader for the rest of the manufacturers to come and say, it's possible. If we did it, and we were able two years ago to replace our entire uh, product stock in Australia to low silica, without increasing our prices, without disrupting the market with a shortage of raw materials, and without changing the look, the pattern, and more importantly, the quality, it's possible. And I can tell you that our investments across the year was estimated around 80 million Australian dollars, about 1,200 hours of research and development, but just nothing that any of the suppliers or the manufacturers, it's not Australian manufacturers because there's no product engineered stone is being manufactured in Australia. Everything today is being imported. 
-hmm. or it's nothing that the foreign manufacturers and the local importers cannot achieve. And we are not hiding the recipe. I can tell you that we replace most of the quartz with feldspar. It's a different mineral that comes from the same family, but feldspar contain less crystal and silica uh, than quartz. And uh, not all feldspar. This is why you need to work more with the raw materials. You need to test the raw materials. It's a much harder raw material to work with because unlike uh, quartz, which is translucent, uh, it's easy to work with. Feldspar is more opaque. Mm -hmm. And it's much harder to color it. Is, it, is that calcium? Um, no, feldspar is also from the um, from the world of silica, right. but where quartz is silica um, uh, uh, silica silicon, mm -hmm. uh, feldspar is uh, silica. Um, it's not silica zircon. It's it's from the world of more closer to the silica morphine. Which okay. is actually from the family of glass. Okay. There's also glass in the uh, silica. Sure. But in inside the, the silica, there's different components: silica morphous, silica zircon, silica um, uh, uh, silicon. So today we learn to work with feldspar, and everybody today can reach feldspar. So our intention is for the rest of the industry to take the same path. And I can tell you that I'm happy to see that the main player in the Australian market already. Uh, release statements in the last few months mm -hmm. late but never never late it's always good to do it eventually yeah uh, reducing taking a pledge reduce the amount of crystal silicon and i think it's a great direction that everyone is taking because the 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 technology is there it wasn't there in the past but it's there today and if it's possible it just mean to invest in research and development and you can do it without dramatically increasing the price, then it's something that the industry might happen, but it's not justice. Because 90% and 40%, both of them still have some risk. It won't change the fact that we need also to make sure that the work safes and the work safes and safe work and all of the governmental bodies making sure that the ones, the stories that are working with the products are following even more strict health and safety measures. The Victorian regulations that you mentioned, do you think that um, other, state, other states should follow that? Absolutely, yes. I think that it might become a national, a federal directive. Eventually, each state will decide in what level to embrace it, but I definitely think it's needed. I tell you what we want or what we don't want. We don't want to find ourselves that eventually mothers don't want to send their kids to work in this industry. Yeah. Because then this is, will be the real disruption to the industry. We want people to feel safe to work in this industry. And the combination of working with low silica products in a much more health and safety environment, work under license, and under, call it even bigger scrutiny, but making sure to follow the guidelines, the, the two ensure that it's safe, that it's, it's much safer. And of course, as anything in uh, health and safety that bears some risk, but it's a safe industry to work in. Mm -hmm. But the two measures must work together. And we took a commitment from the side of the, uh, from the manufacturers to do it. And not yesterday, not today, this is what we are saying today, 
where everyone are pledging. And again, I don't want to talk about the rest, the manufacturer. I think everyone are doing great job and bringing great product. But one thing I can tell you about Cosentino, that we are not promising what will be tomorrow. We are telling today, or actually two years ago, everything that you choose from the house of Cosentino is low silicon. Which means that we can guarantee the quality, we can guarantee the look, because the product is here today. And I can tell you that the first few years, we had some shows of problem with the quality of the material because to lower the amount of uh, crystal silica, you don't just flick it and you're getting the same product with low silica. It's a hardness issue, it's isn't it? A, it's, it's a hardness, it's stain resistance, it's scratch uh -huh. resistance, is the coloring, is the tonality. Okay. Everybody loves white colors in Australia. Everybody loves white surfaces. White surfaces are the hardest to do with low silica. Uh-huh, okay. Interesting. But at the same time, you need to appease the industry and give them. So we, I can tell you that for many years, we continue to research and development in order to find white products, but at the same time, to control the amount of crystal and silica. And because we are dealing with natural uh, minerals, not every mineral that are getting have the same amount of crystal and silica. But if we took a pledge, and today, from a commercial standpoint, we market as Q40, which are products that has a maximum of 40% crystalline silica. And then we have Q10, which are products with a maximum 10% of crystalline silica. But under Q40, you can have product with 32, but you can have also products with 15. Yeah. But the product that has 15, uh, the mineral that we are using sometimes can have a little bit more, can have a little bit less. So we need always to be on top of it and to continue to change the composition of the products to make sure that if we need to sacrifice, because you know, it's chemistry, uh, products are connecting to each other in order to get a composite. And we need always to change the formula in order to maintain the amount of crystal silica with the same look, with the same hardness and everything. And it's not easy. And what I'm trying to say with it, that our commitment is to make sure that, again, not to disrupt the market. We need to make sure that we have low silica and we have it today ready. And what we love to see, and especially in this market, that the big developers, the ones that are leading the market, understand it. So again, going back to companies like Lendis, Mervac, Meritum, uh, Sentinel, they already took a decision without waiting to any legislation that immediately they work, started to work with low silica products. Cibos, they're working very closely with the CFMU, took the same decision close to six months ago. Yeah, they, we, we, have, uh, we have, unfortunately, we have bad experience here with with uh, you know obviously uh, it, it's it's not not the best um comparison but you sure. know uh, you know asbestos. asbestos of course yeah <laughs> but, it's not, um, because it's very different yeah of course it's very because different. the product is absolutely yeah. safe once installed where asbestos of course, is different is yeah different. yeah but yeah it's i understand why people draw yeah. the line between yeah. the two although it's very clear yeah. to understand that, that there's no similarity between the two On away from issues of safety and 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 you know and silicosis and and hard surfaces, um, you know, you mentioned earlier we're seeing. I'll call it instability in inverted commas in the industry. Um, I'm not really sure what this is because I haven't seen this yet. Okay, it's much better how to how to label it. But where do you think things are really going from a national level? Australia is not the biggest market for Cosentino around the world, but the revolution starts from Australia. Because we believe that any legislation change, whether it will happen or not, 
But if it will happen from Australia, then it will jump to some of the Commonwealth countries. Yeah. Then it will probably migrate to the American market, the United States market, and North American markets. So Australia today is a very important test case of how this industry might evolve. And because in Cosentino we started this path many years ago, I believe in the five years we will be in the front of leading this revolution, making sure that we are offering low silica products, quality products, the best design products to the markets. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we are also driving the diversification with these products. We are using them today for ventilated facades. Again, talking about sandstone. Sandstone is one of the most common stone products in Australia for facades. Especially in Sydney. Especially in Sydney. Yeah. Sandstone is the product with the highest amount of crystal silica. Low silica and all the actions are coming from the point of how we are creating a more sustainable industry. And this is the thing that leads Cosentino. And think about it. A company that's located in the south of Spain, working with 100 countries around the world, shipping goods yeah. around the world, still manage to reach carbon neutrality with one of our products. And I think it's a big part of the story of Cosentino and low silica actions and why we did it much uh, or much earlier before this issue become an issue in Australia because we were committed to it. That was Ite Shimoni, VP Oceania of Cosentino. You've been listening to Talking Architecture and Design. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to Talking Architecture and Design, Australia's largest and most popular architecture, design, building and construction podcast. Architecture and Design also run the Sustainability Awards, now in their 17th year. For more information, go to sustainablebuildingawards.com.au.